On today's podcast, I'm sitting with the amazing Dumiru Hukia, guys. I am so excited for today's podcast because she's going to be blessing us with so much wisdom from her testimony on overcoming childhood trauma and rejection. And guys, today's episode is powerful. Dumiru Hukia is a wife, a mother of four, an entrepreneur and a holder of a BAC degree in biology and environmental science. Her passion is working with the underprivileged and victims of abuse. She has just registered a foundation that will, among other things, help empower youth with personal development and mentorship. Welcome, Dumi. Hi guys, welcome to Conversations in the Car with me, Titi. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm very excited for this topic today because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And as you know, I am a whole, like, I'm a true, true advocate for mental health. I believe in the well-being of people, especially um, the mental, the mental um, you know, sphere. I just feel like as a person, if you're not okay mentally, your whole life, even your physical health is not going to be okay. So today we're going to be joined by Dumi Rakuya. Did I pronounce your name properly? (laughs) I was praying for you. (laughs) How do you pronounce your surname? Ruhukia. Ruhukia. (laughs) Now we learn something new every day. And what does it mean? No idea. Okay, okay. Today we're with Dumi Ruhukia and introduce yourself to the masses. Hello everybody, I am Dumi Ruhukia, as Titi has already said. As I said, I don't know what Ruhukia means, but it just means that I'm in love. I'm in love with my husband who is from Uganda and Mm -hmm. so hence that weird name a lot of people think that i am a moherero actually every time they see the name yeah it does sound herero <laughs> it sounds very herero yes yes i am uh, a wife of one husband mm-hmm. mommy to four kids two boys and two girls mm. uh, i did bsc and uh, what uh, in biology and environmental science wow. but when i was doing my third year actually i just had this um aha moment where i realized that i love working with people so after graduating i've barely done anything with my senses except enjoy nature i love ecology because i did a whole lot of ecology in my biology Mm -hmm. so i enjoy nature a whole lot animals um vegetation they just take me places and there's something there's yes there's something about nature that is just beautiful like it's calming right yeah and it's also therapeutic like you said exactly all right so you have told us about yourself Yes. yes so today's topic guys is dealing with rejection and childhood trauma and Dumi will be taking us through that. She has a fantastic testimony about what she has been through as a kid and how she has overcome and her healing. Her healing story is beautiful. So I do pray that this will will touch you in a beautiful way. And her story, guys, it's it's amazing. <laughs> so take it away. Tell us from the beginning, beginning. Oh, and wow. yeah. Okay, I'll go. 
right at the beginning and I'm fascinated because as you just said uh, rejection something leaped in my heart and um, I can't explain the emotion but healing is a journey mm. and so even this conversation right now it helps me heal even more That's and so beautiful. I just want to thank you so much for it and um, I, I thank God for this opportunity because somebody out there is going to relate to the story I grew up uh, in a remote village called Tesebe. It is about 50 kilometers from Francistown. And um, what I remember is my grandmother raising me, basically, and um, being with her, not by choice, because I found myself with her. I'm not going to say my mom um, dumped me, left me with my granny. I don't know her circumstances um, at that point in time what is happening with her but she left me with my grandmother to go start a new life in Francistown um, and I remember a lot of the time just wondering where my mom is because mm. it's different being raised by your mom and your grandmother and now as I look back, I realized that my grandmother was going through her trauma herself. And a lot of the time she would express it through anger towards me. And so the way she would maybe say, um, tell me to stop doing something, it would be so harsh. Mm. And that put a lot of fear in me and it would make me want to be with my mommy. You know, when you're a child, you want to be in safe space. Mm. And so a lot of the time I found myself alone because she would have to go off, say, to the lens to do her way of survival as well, you know. And so I would come from school, for instance, and find there's no food, for instance, and I'll just get into the little kitchen and go look for leftovers. And now as I think about it, I'm like, what made me go for, say, pop, leftover pop, mm. put sugar? What gave me the mind to do that? But I would do it because it's all I could find and eat. And she would come, say, way in the evening and, you know, with whatever she found, beans or if it's like no. Uh, harvesting millies she would bring some millies as well and we eat and um, I remember doing grade one I was very scared of school hmm. I was so scared of school I would literally walk to school crying the whole way yeah. following my brother from a distance and he would just be chatting away with his friends and I would be alone with those guys walking behind them and just crying I remember one time getting an asthmatic attack Oh. Actually, when I was a child, yes. And what do you think it was? I have no idea to this day. When I had my first child, I gained a whole lot of weight. And I started wheezing. I remembered this moment in time when I was young and I got an asthmatic attack and I was like, wait a minute. You mean there's asthma somewhere with me? But ever since um, losing the weight, the asthma just went away naturally. Mm. And so there was nobody to talk to about those things, literally. Mm. Be it medical, be it uh, emotional instability, whatever I was feeling, there was nobody who ever intervened in any way, literally. Mm -hmm. So I bottled up all this pain and um, around standard, maybe five is when I settled 
into a routine of appreciating what school is like, the school life, the friends I meet out there, the playing out there was kind of like therapeutic for me. So I found space as a child also just to be this child, happy child kind of. Yes. It was a bubble I would kind of get into. You know, I remember one time my grandmother asking me to bring veggies to cook for uh, dinner. Being a child, I just put them over my dress. Mm. I couldn't think, get a bowl and put this inside. When she saw me, she was like, what? That means you're putting food inside your dress. And she just saw at me and I just literally allowed them to just spill and I ran away. She was holding a bowl and she threw that at me. Mm. Had she hit me, I wonder. Mm. You know, so that's the type of environment I, I, I grew up as a child. So fear became something that is kind of like part of me. You know, I was like, I never knew what was coming, you know. So what you're saying is that um, at home, it wasn't a safe place. But yes. when you went to school, yes. when you played outside, it was your yes. safe space. Yes. Did you know that children who grew up in uh, an environment like that mm. uh, they develop a fear especially when it comes to confrontation they either become aggressive they either become a people pleaser mm. they, they react in a way where they they can protect themselves mm. at the same time they can appease somebody else it's either mm. to appease mm -hmm. or to rebel yes. against that person oh yes I know that yes because I rebelled a whole lot as a teenager <laughs> oh my god yeah oh gosh yeah. I rebelled mm. I rebelled so bad it's crazy when I tell people I was a rebel they don't believe I it. don't believe it I know <laughs> I did it all yes. I did it all oh gosh I did everything crazy yes everything crazy yeah. so yeah I believe that and so what was your what what traumas did you go through that oh. was difficult for you to oh, come wow. to get over until you realized that you needed to heal. Oh, wow. I think I became vulnerable. And so when you have emotional trauma, you attract certain people into your space. They can read off your pain and they're going to feed it as well. So because my mom married somebody else, not my dad, my cousins from... Um, my stepdad's side would use me sexually, mm. basically abuse me sexually. You know, I was young to call it rape. I didn't even understand what sex was, but I was introduced it to it in a manner that made me clueless what this thing is all about. I was too young to say I'm feeling good about it. I wasn't feeling good about it, but it just leave me feel so empty. Mm. so 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 empty and because uh, my mom stayed in town for however many years those years that I was back in the village it would mean that the head boys also are partaking they would just because I, I didn't have anybody looking after me so if the head boy says oh I'm taking the goats wherever I follow and when I get to the bush he does what he would do you know and growing older it's like it's an area of my life I tucked away and never wanted to deal with and so because it was part of my body I, it just made me feel so uncomfortable with myself my body I hated myself literally I hated yeah. myself yeah yeah I hated myself and much as 
I would interact with people and they would want me say in beauty contests and whatever and whatever I would feel so lonely off the ramp after the modeling or whatever I would just feel so empty and it was never enough however much somebody says you're such a beautiful girl oh no I wouldn't hear that mm. it could never register was I just it, felt so ugly was it caused by the fact that you weren't raised by your, your father oh that that you know as an older person I always wondered what it would have been like to be raised by a father because now I have a family of my own and I see what the presence of a father and mother does to a child it's totally amazing there is a role that a father plays and yes I say that had daddy been there to provide me with the security I need the boundaries I need I would have turned out definitely different as a teenager yeah yeah because I've heard that um uh, a, a daughter's first love yes, is their father. Definitely. Yeah. So. so the father is the one that, that sets a high standard yes. for whoever the daughter is to yes. meet in the future. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So how? what are the greatest lessons that you have learned from your journey? Hmm. I realized that I'm not my past. The past has happened and um, there's nothing I can do about that, but there is something that I can do about my future. And another lesson is that I should not allow myself to be in denial. Mm -hmm. I should allow myself to feel what it is that uh, I feel inside. I should be able to express it and I should not be afraid to be myself and I should not be ashamed of my story. Mm. Yes. And what do you mean by denial oh there are people that pretend a whole lot that they are okay when they are not okay mm -hmm. now in my 40s when i greet somebody i just don't say how are you and i leave them when i say how are you i'm looking at their eyes there's something about eyes because they are windows to the soul they say a whole lot so when i know personally for instance there's some person is going through something and I say hey how are you doing and they say okay I will ask again really how are you doing mm. a lot of them just crumble and they're like you know what to me yeah this and this and that mm. and so that has made me attract a whole lot of people that are going through stuff mm -hmm. you know and people want to open up people want to talk and so it, 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 it helps me therefore also to just and show that I am really processing and helping others also to process what they're going through. Okay. Mm. All right. That's beautiful to me. Um, my mother once told me that sometimes in life you have to go through a couple of things because you do not know where the trajectory of your life will, right. will lead. So do you think that uh, what you went through was for a purpose? Or you feel like, because I know that many people feel like, I, it's not fair that I have gone through this and I am the way that I am because of my past. Therefore, I'm going to blame everybody for the way, the, the way my life is right now. So do you think that um, the, the unfortunate, whether fortunate or unfortunate events that happened in your past were, me were meant to happen to mold the person that you are today? Definitely so. Definitely so. I believe that what you go through, you should not allow it to define you, but to refine you. Mm. And so I am smiling because I find 
so much strength right now in being able to listen to all sorts of stories when I sit and I collect stories I don't cry somebody would be crying and more but I find there's so much strength I just exude compassion mm. I've become compassionate and therefore my heart has grown big to accommodate all types of people races also gosh I listen to so many stories and Ghana so that is like in Ghana when you don't react to your pain mm. that is a sign of healing wow. yeah that you know is what mm-hmm. I sat with one young lady from BTV because we were working on a show, um, which I want to call Second Chances because I really believe God has given me a second chance. In the middle of her interview, she stopped me. This journalist starts crying and he's like, I want to be like you, I want to tell my story and I don't cry. Mm. And literally, she stopped my interview and she starts telling me her side of things. I was like, okay, Lord, if this is my assignment for life, then let it be. Then let it be. Then let it be. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I, I heard from Stephanie Ike saying that rejection is redirection and, it, and it's because the person who rejected you does not have the capacity to hold you. Right. Yes. And what do you think about that? Totally so, my darling. Um, that's a story for another day. You know, I would long to meet my dad. I wanted him so much that, um, okay, that story of realizing that I have a biological daddy is also another part of my journey because my mom wasn't willing to tell me who I was. So I had identity crisis, Mm -hmm. like seriously. So because even after joining my new family now in Francistown, I could pick that my stepdad treats me differently he he wasn't a bad person but i i was so sensitive that's the other thing with people that have been rejected they are very sensitive you know love is love you can tell that somebody really loves you and if they're faking it also you're going to pick it so i was like you know what he's trying his best but there's just something here going on that i can't explain and so my mom unfortunately confided in the maid and told her that you know when uh, my eldest brother's dad gave her trouble she showed him the door and to me's dad also and i was like oh my goodness i didn't know i have my own dad and so that brought anger that I've never ever experienced in my life. And when my mom came from work, I didn't even greet her. I just looked at her and I said, who is my dad? And she started crying. So my pain triggers her pain and she's got unresolved issues and she's not ready to deal with them. And she starts crying and she scares me as a child, you know, and I was like, oops, what have I done now? And she's like, you're insulting me. You're insinuating this and that. And the words she used were too much for a child my age. And so I became a question mark again because she didn't really provide the answers. And I left this topic alone. And years later, this is when I was like maybe 12 years old that I asked this question. Years later, maybe when I'm about, maybe 10 years later, no, even more, 28, when I had my first child is when we had another talk this time around. I just said, mommy, I am now a married woman, two kids, and I want to pass on truth to them. Who is my dad? And that's when she told me who my dad was. Mm. And you know, it was so shocking to me. He's a ZCC priest and this and that from Safari. So I am a mama twapong. Okay. Yeah. And so I had to tell my brothers, they too 
you know, they took it a certain way, especially the youngest was really upset, you know, and my other brother was like, no, I knew every time you'd go out partying, my mom would get so upset and she'd be like, so <laughs> wow. And when he wow. said that, that made me even cry more. Yeah. I was like, you mean this guy knew all along and he kept it to himself? Mm. How did it affect him? He was younger than me, but he knew my stuff. I was like, what is That's this? That's not fair. That is not fair. You mm. see that? And so it caused a whole lot of issues. My stepdad also was like, but why Why do you want to find out truth now to me? I've raised you well. What are you looking for? You're okay. And I was like, no, I just need to know who I am fully, you know. And so the next phase was trying to find this man. And it wasn't as easy as that. But finally, my mom gave me the number to call. When I called, nobody ever answered. And uh, a friend of mine later on also was like, you know what, just go to the hotline and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, the story is so long around that. But I think he passed away about three years ago. And my mom told me one of the days and I just found closure in that and embraced that, okay, God didn't want this man involved with me at all. And I embraced the fact that he provided a father figure that's just been amazing. And I realized that the father in heaven loves me so much that he trusted me with such details tough as it may look but his love has always been with me when i walked about 10 kilometers to go to school primary school he was there walking with me protected me back in the days when so much child abductions were you know in fashion but he protected me he provided for me i remember a moment when my grandmother was so sick you know the memory just came last year and I realized God was, it was the final straw for me because I'm very young, about three or five, and I'm seeing this caretaker of mine so sick and then it blacks out. I don't remember anything else. Obviously, I slept without eating that evening, without bathing, going to school in the morning. I don't even know anything. But I cried so much when I remembered that. I was like, Lord, you were there with me, even in my darkest of moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... The rejection from my mom, because I felt, mommy, how could you leave me in such, you know, how could you leave me in such circumstances? Did you care about me? You cared about your other kids more. And so it manifested actually not too long ago where I said, you have no idea what I've been through. You have no idea. But I have since learned to be compassionate around her. After she told me her story as well, her side of things, I just realized, oof. She's just as broken as I am because mm. this was a married man just passing through as postmaster in their village. And so this woman loved her, impregnated her, was gone just like that. So she also was going with, you know, going through her own rejection issues. Okay. Yeah. So what would you advise somebody who finds it difficult to, um, to come out of the childhood trauma and rejection? I would say to them you deserve better for yourself first you know there is so much about you that is special that is valuable that awaits to express itself as i said you are not your circumstance no matter how dark or bad it is you can't be able to walk away from that pain if you embrace it as part of you it is part of you but it doesn't have to define the rest of your life. You want to reach out into spaces where you know that people care for you. Find somebody you can talk to. I remember a lady who was raped at six. 
and um, she's after hearing my story she said I think you're somebody I can talk to my cousin raped me from standard one to standard six this guy was just on me and now I hear he's getting married and I'm so angry I've tried to kill myself I've got a son eight years old and I'm trying to kill myself I'm depressed I don't eat I'm a teacher when I get home I just get into my bedroom and I lock myself away you know and um, I just shared my testimony and this woman that night I remember she called me and said you know what when I just put my head down to sleep I just felt like a heaviness left me and as I speak to you she has actually started an organization and she is doing so much and she always keeps me updated and I'm amazed at what is possible if we allow ourselves to heal we can that's beautiful yeah yes and how was your journey of healing hmm it's been long like I said I became very inquisitive with wanting to find out information mm. you know it started with me asking my mom it was a hard place my mom set off certain things that happened I think when she couldn't give me the right answers I became rebellious as I said as a teen and um, I ended up pregnant and when I told her she didn't waste any time took me to an abortion clinic that also sent me into more pain by the way and so it is that when I was at varsity one day a friend of mine invited me to their church and she said it's Thanksgiving there's gonna be food all I had was there's gonna be food <laughs> <laughs> I yep. always laugh at that memory of like this is crazy God is amazing yeah God has such a sense of humor and so I went to eat when I go to church this gentleman is preaching as he's preaching there's just stuff going on in my physical body I feel like there's like stuff pushing against me I'm just uncomfortable in my own body and I, I don't understand what's going on and then he was like if you're here and you know that you've never received Jesus as Lord it is your time or my right hand shoots up literally I was like a robot it shoots up and I look at it and I put it down <laughs> and my friend is like no Timmy your head was up just go it's okay they're just gonna pray with you sweetheart I went and that prayer did something I cannot explain there was just this lightness suddenly I just felt joy coming to my heart the first thing I do when I get to UB is call my mom and I just apologize for everything I've done you know that has hurt her I just became another person instantly mm. and I say to her I couldn't see the wrong I was doing I am sorry I think that is where my journey started mm -hmm. because God started allowing my past to come up a whole lot and I started processing every point of brokenness he showed it all to me he showed it whoever I slept with having sex with whoever hurt me whoever lied to me the w bad words my grandmother would say the bad words my mom would say everything just became so alive and I had to let go I started reading books also God just led me to books somehow people would lend me books I was reading and they would talk about pain from the past you know if you have had an abortion that's a sacrifice to the devil I was like that's scary what have I done mm. pray this prayer and I would pray and I didn't trust people I was like you know what 
what people have done in my past, I can only trust God. So I trusted God so much. I said, I'm going to give you all my stories because it's kind of like, you know, already everything that has happened to me. So it's only you right now. I feel safe to talk to. So this is what I went through. This is what I did. Forgive me, you know? And so I found that God forgiving me just allowed me also just to forgive myself, to forgive those that had hurt me. And my heart just started feeling things it wasn't feeling before. I became such a happy person. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And still am becoming happier and happier by the moment. Wow. <laughs> that is that's beautiful. So we're getting to the end of the interview. Okay. Yep. And we're getting into the first five questions right. just to lighten up the mood okay. and you know okay. and say Bye. Yeah. So, <laughs> so first question, first five. So mm. you have to say it quick, quick. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, what is the most valuable thing to you? It is my relationship with God. What's the last new thing you tried? Bamboo. Um, Bamboo. Imagine. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, isn't I'm, it? An herbalist. I'm a herbalist. Oh, topic for another day, my darling. Oh, okay. Bamboo. Yeah, I'll try it one day. <laughs> favorite thing about your favorite, uh, one favorite thing you love about Botswana? The food. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, what, are, what advice would you give to your younger self? Do not fear being yourself. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Okay. If you really, really complete the sentence, if you really, really knew me, you would know that I'm hilarious. <laughs> Literally. My husband thinks I'm such a drama queen. Yeah. I enjoy acting by the way. Oh yeah. Totally. Uh fun fact, that's how we met. <laughs> oh yes. Fun drama, fact. Drama drama, drama. drama. And it was um it was a it was a oh, skit. beautiful. I don't know how I got into it. Yeah. I can't remember how I got into Ladies it. Ladies were having a what? Something at church and they our group was going to present or something. Yes, yeah. our group was supposed to, to present. Yes. And then somebody it wasn't even I know it wasn't me. Yeah. But somebody said I did media studies. Yes, and they brought you in. And then they brought me in and then I brought my other friend yes. in and then we did a whole oh, skit. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. Thank, thank you, you for inviting so much. Me. This was amazing. It, it was an amazing. It was emotional for me, by the way. I had to hold back the tears a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> guys, as you know, it's it to me is a beautiful person. At church, at church, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm a weird person or something. Because yeah. the first time I saw you, mm-hmm. it was. My first youth convention, it was, I can't remember what year it was, but I know that I was in secondary school, either from four or from five. And I remember, I remember this clearly. You made everybody form a circle. Yeah. And then you were praying for us. Something about healing. Yeah, it was something about healing. Upstairs. Yes. And I was like, wow. I like her. How am I supposed to be <laughs> being the intro? And the funny thing is that people think I'm extroverted. Eh? I'm not. I'm an introvert. So it's kind. Of, I'm an introvert that loves people. Oh, so wow. it's 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 not easy for me mm. to approach somebody that I really like. How could we meet? Drama. Oh, 
that's how we that's how we met yeah (laughs) when i was directing you and telling you what to do do. and we had so much fun yeah (laughs) because we can use the stories actually to reach out to the masses yeah yeah so don't stop creating drama yes i shouldn't stop i i should write more scripts yeah sure all right thank you guys for tuning in and i really do hope that the story has touched you and has caused a move and remember you are not defined by your past but you are a human being that evolves and you can always be a better person every single day all right so thank you guys for tuning in love you bye thank you guys for listening to conversations in the car podcast For more episodes, the podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Do the right thing, follow, subscribe, and leave a comment because it really does help. Once again, thank y'all for the support and encouraging words. I am very appreciative of each and every one of you. God bless. Thank you guys. Thank y'all family. Bye.